this ship has said. Wait, what'd you say? <laughs> awesome. Yes. Thank God. Oh, that would have sucked. Brunch. Hit it, boys. Got a problem with Scream 6. What about it? I just know who did it. Uh, who do you think did it? It was Hayden Panettiere. It was Kirby. You think so? Yeah. Why do you think that? Because they brought her back and they made a big deal. They were like, hey, they got Hayden Panettiere back, which if you remember, Scream 4... Didn't get that far. You you didn't see the one with Hayden Panettiere? I don't think so. The, the one with Rory Culkin? You sure? Uh, I don't think so. I'm pretty sure we we have at least one to three episodes where I probably asked for clarification on which Culkin that was. Yeah. That could have also been a succession thing. Yeah, I think thing. it could have been a succession thing. I, I don't if I saw it, I don't remember anything from it. Well, famously, in Scream Four, it's a bunch of kids in high school and uh Rory Culkin and his friend, as Joey Bosa would put it, his butt buddy. Oh, lovely. Yeah. Butt buddy's back. Is it? No. Is it just because Joey Bosa is stuck in the early aughts? That was so tough. I also like that when that came, when that happened, this was like two weeks ago, but uh, when that happened, people were like, we're not even going to get into like the homophobia of it all. Yeah. Like just that, what are you, three years old? I'm so glad that the the, the general reaction wasn't like, ooh, he cooked him. Yeah. They were like, oh, what a loser. And I like that the guy that he was like, I'm rich. And the guy was like, so am I. And I'm like, yeah, that's true. You don't know this yeah. guy. He could be rich. <laughs> yeah. This guy could, uh, he could be, what do they say on circling back? Uh, leveraging, Generational wealth. Oh, le- leveraging AI tools. Yes, yeah. He, yeah. he could have uh, leveraged AI tools for all That's he right. But in uh, uh, in Scream 4, Rory Culkin and his butt buddy are, they, they go around with like cameras on their heads. Uh, okay. And they're recording everything. And they're like the film geeks. So you're like, all right, well, one of these guys. So they're pacey. Yeah, yeah. No, no uh, Dawson. Dawson. But Dawson. Dawson does suck Pacey into his film geekiness. I mean, Dawson sucks everybody into the... Dawson I, just sucks everybody. Imagine being Joey. I mean, poor Joey. But <laughs> imagine like being 20 Joey. Years, end of sentence. 20, right, you're just sexually harassed every episode <laughs> yes. profusely. But then, then in like 20 years, they're like, we have an embarrassed, we found an embarrassing video of you. You tried to be an actor and they put out this horrible movie and she's like, no, I was just a nice friend. Yeah. They, that's Poor they would Joey, do. man. Joey like was just tried to be a good friend to everybody and then like just everybody either tried to fuck her or fucked her over. How are you going to say poor Joey and not poor who's uh, Michelle Williams? Uh, shit, what's uh, Jen? Jen? Jen. She she was Jen. <laughs> she was Jen. That's correct. Yeah, we never got to the. We never got that far. We were no. just told that she dies. Yeah, I knew that she. I watched the finale as a kid. Um, I didn't watch Dawson's Creek, but I remember the finale being like a big deal. So I was like, I'm gonna pop in for the last episode. That's a, that's what Adam Hart did with Breaking Bad. That's crazy, and I hated it <laughs> that's so, so much. Crazy, uh, but Rory and his pal, they're the video goofs and they're dorks. Mm-hmm. And uh, Rory has a real crush on Kirby, who is Hayden Panettiere. She's like the hot girl at school. Who didn't have a and, crush on Hayden Panettiere at yeah. some point in their life? And Hayden Panettiere's thing is like, 
you know what? I, hey, I actually think he's kind of cute. And all her friends are like, ooh, what? He's a dork. Ooh, Kirby, why are you doing that? That shit doesn't happen anymore. Yeah. Like the weird kids are cool. Yeah. 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 So do you think that, like, if I, if I regrew up, do you think that I, because I just can't ever be cool, would have been, like, super, uh, like, I think for lack of a better term, like, conservative, down the middle, like, what, what when I was growing up would be called normal? Um, yeah, I think that you would be more, like, uh, more accepted. No, no, like, if I stayed myself, oh, dude, I, I thrived in my, like, mid to late 20s because that was when people started to come around on well that's what i'm saying like if you were growing up now like in middle school or whatever high school as as who you are now like i think that you would be cool but i still think that you would have like a resistance to being i I, i'll always have that uh that self-destructive streak in me or yeah or resistances yeah good way of putting it like what you don't want to be mainstream cool you like this why (laughs) yeah right what's your problem yeah Get, get out of here but she's got the whole like, hey, no, I don't know. I think sometimes I flirt back with them kind of thing, and they're mm-hmm. like, "What?" But he's Rory Culkin. Gross. Come on, Kirby. You get anybody? Lay off the Pepsi. Yeah. And then they're at uh, this party, and they get a little drunk, and she's like, "Hey, uh, you know, I'm a little drunk. You should make your move on me." And he says, "Make it taint spoilers." He's like like this move and he stabs her and then he says and i'm just quoting him but he's like you bitch i liked you for so many years and you don't come on to me until now it's too late i'm like not how that would work definitely not that kid would be doing cartwheels (laughs) yeah no shit yeah he'd be like i put in the time i was like nice to this person who would have thunk if there's anything that i know about men it's that they never stop being horny Oh yeah, right. Like they could, they could be in the middle of like a ghost face killer streak, and mm-hmm. if their crush was like, "You want to fuck?" They'd be like, "All right, I had plans, but yes." And <laughs> also from like growing up, and I'm sure that this works on uh, both sides, men, women, gay, straight, whatever. But where you're like, you know what? They had their chance. This ship has. Wait, what'd you say? <laughs> awesome. Yes. Thank God. Oh, that would have sucked. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a little ridiculous. But yeah, he uh, stabs her. Clearly didn't kill her. You thought that that he did. She was apparently left for dead, and now she's back. All right. Could Wait, not did... be more of the killer now. Yeah, that would make sense. But let's let's hear him out. I am interested in this new scream, and I can't believe that we haven't really talked about it. Uh, until now, as far as I can remember. Yeah. But, like, the, the big theme of this uh, Scream 6 seems to be, like, a new a new breed of Ghostface. And they're in New York. Is this the first uh, Scream outside of uh, Hatfield? <laughs> uh, no. Was that on purpose? Is Hatfield the... Uh, Halloween. The Halloween. Hatfield Got is it. Halloween. And Scream is set in... Where is Scream set? Someone... Uh, Screamheads will Dripping Springs. kill me for this. Who are Screamheads? Rachel Bonetta, famously. Yes, correct. Uh, Screamhead. Yeah. Uh, where? Fuck, this is going to be so so easy. It's going it to be disappointing. Yeah. Where is Scream? So, well, I could tell you off the top of my head, the second one is uh, when they're in college. Oh, okay. All right. So Scream 
It's oh Woodsboro because uh, Gail writes the book of the Woodsboro murders. Mm-hmm. Woodsboro, California. Woodsboro, gotta be Woodsboro, California. All right. Uh, yeah. I, it, so I thought like the, of the screams I've seen. I think that they all take place in Woodsboro. Um, a lot of it is like going back. Sydney goes back. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Um, so this one being in New York City is very interesting. And they're in college. Um, and I guess like the new breed of ghost face is that he doesn't really play by the rules. Mm. I I don't I don't know if I've ever seen Ghostface use a gun in character. Right. In character. Like once once the mask comes off, that doesn't count as Ghostface in my mind. But we do see him use a gun in the trailer the convenience store convenience yeah. store yeah the uh the the convenience store owner tries to shoot him with a shotgun he uh de-arms him and then uses it on him yeah and i remember when we saw scream five one of the observations that you made was like oh they're going for scary and this seems more in line with that where yeah, it seems to be first like- three were campy mm-hmm. and there's obviously still a lot of campiness to it because you still have to kind of stay in line and pay homage to the, the series that that you're making but this trailer like the last trailer is a lot more like what's around that corner and that was never really screamed i thought that the last trailer was concerning because it was it seemed to be getting away from like the what scream was intended to be which was like a campy Corny, campy yeah. slasher i did think that it, it, it had enough of a mix in Scream 5, where I was like, okay, this is palatable. Mm-hmm. Maybe not the best movie, but like it felt like a Scream. It felt like a very enjoyable experience, like a, a modern take on Scream. Um, but they also they made it like very meta, which kind of gave it the campiness. Mm-hmm. This one definitely seems more of like a psychological thriller from the trailer than like or like a dark, gritty scream from the trailer. And I don't know how to feel about it. I think that Scream is probably thrilled that they locked into Jenna Ortega because mm-hmm. now she's taken over the dang world. And I remember after seeing Scream 5, we were like, yeah, just give her the keys. If Nev Campbell wants to dip in from time to time and do things here and there, like Scream 5 was just like the Jenna Ortega show, and that was fine. And if you want this series to have more life, you do have to kind of find your... uh john mayer to to bring in and kind of give it another true turn it over to do the uh, grateful dead analogy Uh, i remember in scream five that was the most obvious case of they did it yeah because mikey madison was in the movie yeah uh so they have jenna ortega they're bringing back hayden panettiere um courtney cox is back um there was another new new person that uh, I was interested in. Oh shoot! You know who's in this one is uh, Tony uh, Revolori. Yes, you know that guy. Yes, I do. Uh, what's what's he from? I most know him from Grand Budapest Hotel. Correct, Anya Taylor yes. Joy is in Scream Six. That's I see. I, that seems like it might be a Google like Miss Miss Eric. I do like that because it doesn't have uh, that comes up from time to time. Yeah. Uh, Tony Revolari was also in Spider Man. He's Spider. He's one of Spider Man's friends. Or is he? He's a bully, right? Uh, is he the bully? Yeah. He's the rich bully. Yeah. Ah, okay. Yeah, yeah. You're right. I think so. Yeah. What else is he in? He's also in Take the Ten. He's in The Long Dumb Road. There's a movie called The Long Dumb Road. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that was the the first draft of uh that uh that Paul McCartney song from nineteen sixty nine. You know that one? <laughs> no. You know the long and winding road? No. You don't know the long and winding road? Yes, yeah, you do. I don't think so. The long and winding road. Do, do. You know it from the movie uh this movie called Yesterday. And yeah, in it love that one. Ed Sheeran says, All right, hot shot, ten minutes. We both go into separate rooms. We write songs. We see what we come up with. That's what he Ed comes Sheeran up with. Ed Sheeran comes up with that banger about the penguins. Mm-hmm. And you're like, yo, Ed Sheeran, when you just don't steal other people's music, <laughs> you come up with great stuff. I also remember your observation. You were like, funny that Ed Sheeran is the guy in the movie that doesn't steal the music. Uh, <laughs> it, but uh, uh, what's his name? Jack Malik comes up with the long and winding road in quote unquote 10 minutes. That's what I know it from. And then Ed Sheeran throws up his hands and says, all right, well, I'm going to bed. Somebody shag this guy while they still have the chance. And I was like, ugh. <laughs> Jesus, what a movie that you are some for some reason obsessed with. But yeah, I mean, uh, Scream, I'm, I'm definitely interested. I am, I would say maybe I'm a little worried that Scream is going to lose its sense of identity, but I also think that it's like made me more interested in seeing this this version. If like they're like, "Hey, Ghostface is going to do some crazy shit." You see, they uh, they did the thing that the new Halloween movies did. They kind of mucked up the mask a little bit. Yeah, they, like, they, they grittied it. They grittied it up. Yeah, they uh, in with, with uh, guitars. Sometimes they'll sell guitars that they say are reliced. And it just means they fucked him up. A they bit. just like took a hammer and just like hit them a little bit, took some sandpaper, and they're like, look, it looks like it's from 1965. They made him rock bottom hot. Um, yeah. Yeah. Th- their problem with that, though, is that there's a scene in the trailer where they're uh, they're on like the train and they're like, oh, man, it must be on Halloween or something. They're uh, they're on the train and there's like a bunch of ghost face masks. Yeah. But all of those ones are like fresh out the box. Yeah. And it's like, what? Well, Maybe he gets a new one at some point in the movie, but uh, if he's wearing that, if the real one's wearing that gritty ass one, you know that those people aren't him. You know how old I am? No. Like in my 30s. Yeah. Uh, but so old that I was sincerely ghost faced for Halloween I was one too. year. Really? Yeah, same. That's bullshit. And you, but you didn't see Scream. Yeah, no. It was just a cool mask. You're just like, gotta play the hits. Yeah, right. <laughs> This this would work. Yep, I was Power Rangers, uh, Scream. I'm sure, I was Jason at some point without seeing Friday the Thirteenth. Uh, I was. I remember you. You did that sometimes. You you used to do that sometimes with like uh, when you t- take like big swings on Twitter for viral things. I'd be like, wait a second, you didn't even see that movie. Oh, yeah. and you'd be like, I'm appropriating yeah, it's the what meme. They're talking about, <laughs> yeah. It's don't hate the player, hate the game. I'd be like, God, I hate the game. <laughs> What the fuck? I won't do that anymore, but yeah, I used to do that shit. Uh, Fake it till you make it, baby. Do you know, (laughs) on the bonus episode that uh, came out Monday, in which we discussed Your Honor and the Grammys, we had a a pretty decent Steely Dan conversation. Do you know that the last like three days on Twitter, all of the discourse has been Steely Dan? Steve Albini, uh, uh, producer from the 90s, did stuff with Nirvana, and he's basically the... He, like, takes the mantle from David Crosby for being, like, the music guy that's just a fucking asshole on Twitter. It's got to be one. But it was a lot more charming, I thought, when David Crosby did it. But he tweeted uh, on Monday or Tuesday... Monday, he tweeted, 
I'm the kind of punk that will always shit on Steely Dan. And then he had this big thread about like, Steely Dan's just a bunch of fucking jazz dorks, blah, blah, blah. They're not cool. That led to a bunch of musicians being like, hey, 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 shitting on Steely Dan does not make you cool. And if you shit on Steely Dan, you're this kind of person. And it turned into this big, if you like Steely Dan, you're this. If you don't like Steely Dan, you're this. So you go on Twitter and it's just like, uh, St. Vincent. I like Steely Dan. <laughs> and like everybody is weighing in on like, make your your side make your statement on steely that's incredible yeah it's just been nonstop. i was wondering if you saw any of it because monday was probably the first discussion you've ever had about steely dan yeah and then since then the only stuff i've seen on twitter has been steely dan discourse i kind of like the idea of just like logging on to twitter one day and there's like a pre-selected topic and you have to weigh in on it alexi lawless do you follow him no he every day he tweets uh good morning sunshine what are we yelling about <laughs> hell yeah and then people respond they're like you're not funny shut up <laughs> so i like i like if elon's listening uh big fan of the podcast we heard that would be the four pete uh, yeah the four pete section would be like, no my suggestion would be just every day i want to log on to twitter and i want there to be like a prompt Instead of prompt Twitter, having the dummies select it, have a general from Twitter prompt. Like, hey, we're talking about Beyonce today. Mm. And then, like, the next day, it'll be, like, just some random shit. And you have to, like, weigh in on it. Do you know that Beyonce is just one for 17 in album, record, and song of the year Grammys? I did. Kind of crazy. And the more I I think about it. YouTube video on that this week. Thank you. Uh, The more. No, it wasn't yours. (laughs) <laughs> the more i think about it but subscribe to my uh youtube channel i'm gonna be very shameless about this because i find you've pr- probably experienced this with growing the the brunch one seemingly it actually is hard to get people to like smash that button yes for no sure. wonder half people's videos are like don't forget to smash he smush 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 president honk 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 oh come on president yeah it. go on <laughs> please it, yeah it just like doesn't grow I it's I've tweeted it to my we, thousands we of followers, YouTube hundreds of impotence. which don't have me muted. Yes. And I posted it on Instagram to my thousands of followers. And I don't think that anybody has me muted on Instagram because I don't know how to mute people on Instagram. So seemingly a lot of people are seeing this plea and like 41 of them have been like, fine. Yeah. Follow DJ. Follow me. Follow the brunch. Yes. The br- brunch has some okay numbers, actually. Yeah. yeah. Brunch it, puts out more content, though. That's true. Yeah. And I'm trying to... Uh, my therapist uh, told me the same thing that you told me last week. I was like, I want to be putting more stuff out there just like while I have this downtime. But if it's not like a million-dollar idea, I feel like it's not worth doing. And I don't think of a lot of million-dollar ideas. So then I'll put out like one thing. I'll come up with like one idea a year, and that's it. And nah, that doesn't I, cut it. And he, she was like, well... You were talking earlier in this session about like some music thing. She was like, "You explain that to me," which that's what I do in therapy. Oh, <laughs> I can't imagine. Go it. to therapy. I'll be like, "Do you like Steely Dan?" <laughs> and she was like, "Just make something like that." And I was like, "That's what Pete says." Yeah, I mean, you just you, you have like an aversion to being uh, a resistance to being cool. You have a resistance to being accessible, mm-hmm. and you have a resistance to volume shooting and i think that you need to be volume shooting because 
A lot of your ideas that you think are million dollar ideas turn out to not be million dollar ideas. And then the ones that you are not expecting much from, sometimes those ones pop off. Yeah. I'm you can't be like the arbiter of what is popular and like successful yeah. all the time. At some point the bill's gotta get paid. Yeah. Um Yeah, and that that's why I made the Beyonce thing. Cause I was like everybody anybody can find this information that yeah. Beyonce doesn't uh actually win the big grammys i was like it's it's gonna take me like an hour to do it and Fuck it. and like i think that if you start off with an idea that you don't believe is a million dollar idea but you get into it and start fleshing it out and like let it carry you someplace there's a chance that you could be surprised by how much you like the final product versus where your starting point was yeah and i i'm a believer in i i, I throw everything i do away like not everything but like 95% of things I do uh, away. Like I'll spend a lot of time working on something and the end result will be, okay, now I'm a little better at logic or mm-hmm. something. So there's benefit in doing stuff like that. But I truly, I, I believe for like people, I don't adhere to this as much, but just continue to execute whatever you come up with. Like if, if it's a song idea or something like that, even if you know at some point you're going to be like, this song isn't that good. Just by doing it, you stay a little sharp and maybe you pick up a little thing or something like that. So, yeah. And uh, this, go ahead. I was going to say, uh, you want to pull up that AMC story? Because uh, we have a message from our partner in DraftKings. Oh. It's a big weekend this weekend if you're a sports fan. The because big game is on. That's right. The uh, Bruins play the Capitals. That's right. It's going to be a big one, a Saturday matinee. Mm. Get your popcorn ready. Uh, that's the only big game this weekend. So uh, are you ready for the biggest Saturday in sports? Bruins, Capitals. Be there. Uh, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 57. Oh, that's also this weekend. Oh, shit. Uh, has all the Super Bowl action you need. New customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers can get in on the Super Bowl 57 excitement with DraftKings Happy Hour Super Boosts. Check the DraftKings Sportsbook every day, uh, the DraftKings Sportsbook app every day between 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 to 9 Eastern, uh, to see what prop bet will be boosted. Uh, you gotta you gotta pick for the Super Bowl this weekend. I do. Who? Who? What? This is a personal. That's a private. That's a private discussion. All right. All right. Cool. Proceed. <laughs> I'm a big Super Bowl prop bets guy. I just love the the ridiculous props. You know what I love to do? I love to spread out a little bit on all the weirdos to win Super Bowl MVP. Okay, I like that. Like. Man, like is is uh, Harrison Butker still happening? Uh, no, that's um, um, Cameron Dicker. Oh, that's right. I'll just spread a little bit. Oh. Cameron Dicker, Super Bowl MVP. Yeah. You heard it here first from the Brunch Podcast. Uh, download the sport the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code Washed. New customers can bet five dollars on Super Bowl Fifty Seven and get two hundred in bonus bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code WASHED. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Go Birds! I, um, 
I have retired from picking what song does the halftime show open with because I got it right a couple of years in a row. And I just never felt as confident the next year. I haven't done it. Uh, Katy Perry was the was one I, I left on a high note. Who? What do you think Rihanna's going to open with? Um, even the conversation, I get nervous even thinking about it because I'm like, I don't, I just got to sit it out. I'd pick a weird one. This probably has like really good odds. Like Disturbia? No. I'm going to say Stay. Stay would rock. It's just starting out with a slow. Like I, she just came and just played some a little great piano. Songs. Yeah, a little piano. Yeah, a little tiny piano, She's like tiny, Linus. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's my pick. It's gonna start off with stay, little bit of stay, and then it's gonna go big after that. I think she's gonna do stay by Dave Matthews Band. <laughs> that would rock. Make me wanna, make me wanna stay. Make me wanna. She just did all covers, all Dave Matthews covers. That would be incredible. People were waiting for At Rihanna's big return piano. to music. Yes. We have we have unlocked the Super Bowl 57 halftime show. It is Rihanna playing uh, Linus's small piano with the blanket mm-hmm. and just doing Dave Matthews band covers. That'd be all right. So what's she opens with stay and then ants marching. I think ants marching might close it. All right. Uh, satellite. A crash is going to be. That's at second to last. That will second crash to last. into Ants Marching. So she's going early, Dave, mm-hmm. to end it. Yeah, she's going uh she's going reverse chronological. All right, but but late in the set, I feel like you gotta do I Did It. That can be like the the last big uh sing along before they get to uh Ants Marching. Ants Marching for sure closes. Does she have her own band or does she bring out uh Carter Buford and uh I think she I think she has her own band. And but like Lady Gaga started on top of the roof and mm-hmm. jumped in, mm-hmm. uh Rihanna's going to start on top of the roof and then dump like a million pounds of shit on the crowd and then jump in. Why did Lady Gaga look so weird when she came when she uh repelled? You know what I'm talking about? She went like the, she, she like, like she did like a starfish dive. Yeah, yeah, no, but then she was like it was very no strange. I have no idea, but that was so funny when she just did like a very dramatic dive into the arena. <laughs> Do you remember what she opened with? No. I think she opened with America the Beautiful. Interesting. So what happens if you bet on like a, cover? Like a Lady Gaga song? Yeah, I don't know. What if you're like... Just fucking over everybody if you start with a cover. I don't believe the Shalalalo was out yet. Not yet. At that no, time. No. What if she was like, hey, take this one for a spin, you cucks. <laughs> this one's called the Shala fucking Lalo. From a movie that's coming out in six years. Yeah. Like, is that Bradley Cooper? <laughs> yes. Why is the guy from the Silver Linings playbook singing? <laughs> Weirdo. Before he's gotten uh, vocal training. <laughs> yeah. The Shalala fucking Lalo. I'll All tell right. you what, man. Bradley Cooper learned to dance for the for Silver Linings playbook. Learned to sing. He's uh, he's a regular. Um, who's uh, Mike Rowe? No, who's the the? Oh, uh, Mark Wahlberg. He would just intentionally take roles. That needed him to like put on weight and get really strong. <laughs> yeah. But like, oops. I'm taking steroids, but it's for a role. Yes. Yeah. Classic Mark Wahlberg. All right. So AMC is doing the dynamic pricing and everybody's pissed about it. And 
I don't know if it affects us. Does it, it affect it us doesn't as affect us AMCA as, listers? No, but it's 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 a dumb idea. Like, so the idea is you have to pay more money for the better seats in the theater, and like if you're on a, like a side row or whatever, um, you're paying less money. But it's it's a dumb idea. Like, especially because it's uh, it's essentially like nobody should be gatekeeping good seats. At, at like the movie theater yeah it doesn't affect us but like there are kids that go to the movies mm-hmm. and like that's a big big uh activity when you're in like middle school or high school like if you want good seats at a movie theater a kid shouldn't have to pay extra money and if you're a parent taking your kid and their two friends to the movies that shit adds up that now is like what it used to be like to go to a sporting event I'm talking like 20 years ago, and obviously sporting events have now just gotten so ridiculous, but to take your kid to the movies and get them popcorn and soda and all that shit, like that shit adds up. You shouldn't have to go sit in trash seats. Like the, the movies shouldn't be such a grand thing that a decent seat is something to which you aspire once you have some more money. Like, you're just going to the fucking movies. Yeah. The only thing that I will say, and I don't know if this is the case, I, I don't know all the details here, but, like, if they're keeping movie price tickets essentially the same as they are now, like, if the good seats cost the same as they do now, and they're just lowering the bad seats, mm-hmm. I'm okay with that idea. Like, because, it, you know, if, you, if you're... Nobody wants to sit in the front row, but if you are willing to sit in the front row to like save a couple bucks then sure why not or like in like the back all the way to the side if they make that like a couple dollars cheaper fine but like i i don't want like the the middle of the 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 theater to be raised to like 18 dollars or something so here's what i'll do as an amc a lister i will take the bad seats if you give me a little kickback so if you give me like a $5 AMC credit to sit in the front row, right. I'll do that. And guess what I'm doing? Chicken tenders. No. You taking a you taking an empty seat? I'm just not going to that movie. That's a good point. Right? Wouldn't that be amazing? And then I load up and then the next time I go, what do you think I'm doing? Getting chicken tenders. Chicken tenders for free. In good seats <laughs> yeah. for free. With the frozen cookie dough bites? My own. That's a pretty good idea. That'd That's... be amazing. We should write AMC and be like, hey, we've thought of a solution. They're like, solution? What are you, what are you talking about? Just give us a little kickback. We'll take the bad seats. This this does bring up a, a, an issue that probably will arise, is that people are going to buy the cheap tickets and then sit in the good seats. And then if yeah. you're a person who bought the good seats, you're going to have the awkward conversation of, hey, this is my seat. Like I got that the that, other day. Really? I got. I got. I haven't hey, had that at the movie theaters in so long. I got. Are you sure this is your seat? And I was one seat over. Which it was a pretty full theater. That guy was right to do that. Sure. Yeah. But I don't want to have to ask people if they're sitting in my seat. If they're buying yeah. cheap tickets and then moving to the middle, like that's going to happen a ton now. And that is not going to be. That's not going to be watched and monitored at all because no. i mean amc already we were talking about the other day they already have like one person in the movie theater right nobody is there the movies don't start until like four o'clock amc has showed its hand yeah they they are 
they're they running are, on fumes. They are broke boys for sure. Yeah, it's giving broke boy. Yeah, so hundred percent. Uh, what? Damn, I didn't think I didn't think about this uh, coming up until now. But that's definitely going to be a problem. What? People seat stealing. Yeah. What? So my home theater has a lot of uh, the smaller middle section and then there's two sections on the sides Mm -hmm. and i am all about those side sections no like i go i go to a side where there's uh two seats and i take the seat nearest to the screen like on the inside yeah correct no one's taking that other one no no not no not and then i have that room to myself that's I mean still like the, it's you're off to the side most of my most of my theater experiences are like somewhere in the middle and I don't care if I'm sitting next to somebody because it's for as much as I've shit on people for being rude in the movie theater and and um neglecting movie theater etiquette in the past I haven't ran into an issue in a long time yeah Burlington Mass I do last row Burl- big that, last row guy there I, I love the um the like the platform section i think it's handicap like or there's like um i would say go on but i don't <laughs> know if i want you to no but it, like no like so it's not it's not handicap reserved seating you t- you're talking about the last row like against the wall against the wall yeah, yeah, yeah like that elevated platform no th- th- that's not that that's nothing uh with okay. handicap the handicap right. is uh the last row of like the floor where there's like the two seats and then right there's and there's a like companion yeah yeah, yeah, yeah there's yeah. companion seats that they but, do a pretty good job of marking that but I think that like I think that like those those elevated platforms do have some space on the ends for companion seats so I think that that's why like they're listed on when you go open the app there yeah. will be like a handicap companion sort of uh, option there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, though, though that's a really great place to sit because you don't have to worry about anybody behind you, right? And that, and it, like, if you're alone in that row, you can you can check your phone if if shit pops up. Like, yeah, everything's good there, especially if you have the tenders going, right? You don't because as annoying as other people can be, you don't want to be that person. So uh, we did go to the movies this past week. I'm so fucking mad at you that you haven't seen Eighty for Brady. I'm sorry. We could have gotten like twelve years worth of content out of it. And at the last minute, as you were going to see Knock at the Cabin the other day, I was like, fuck, oh, no, wait, just let's just fucking skip Knock at the Cabin. Go see 80 for Brady instead. And you're like, no, Knock at the Cabin is actually a movie that I want to see. Yeah, I have no interest in seeing 80 for Brady. Like, I'll, I have no interest in seeing 80 for Brady in the movie theater. Like, I, I especially, like, if I was going to see 80 for Brady, I would have seen it immediately and so that I could have talked about it. Now, like... What, what am I going to do? The guy who sees 80 for Brady like a week and a half later and like wants to talk about it? No. Yeah. No. Look at this. The, don't don't say what this art is, but that's, uh, I made some 80 for Brady fan art. I like that. That's pretty cool. I like that. Uh, all right. We'll discuss Knock at the Cabin, though. Before before yeah, I have, I have a random question for you. Yeah. Uh, I, What's w- a movie with like a male performance where the no. male is like strong? No. Uh why do they have police details for funerals? I mean, I had a very immediate answer. I'll just say it, to make sure no one else dies. <laughs> That's fair. That's a good answer. But like, I don't, I mean, I guess, is it maybe to keep everybody together? 
But like, I don't think, I feel like you don't need a police de- detail for that. Like you could just give like the funeral home some lights and they can put like some lights on, on the, uh, the hearse and everybody else follows with their, with their hazards on the police detail seems unnecessary for a funeral, funeral yeah, procession. I, I, I mean, they take the no cutting very, very, very seriously. Yeah. So I think that that's, it's, it's 90% that to, it's just as it's like a an, deterrent. Inti- an, an intimidation factor yes, kind of yes. deal. All right. I I was just like a little curious about that because like of all the things in the world that you do where it doesn't seem like there's any rush to get somewhere, funeral is at near the top of the list. Yeah, no, it's just it's a, a deterrent. All right. It's just the, they're just the cops just stand there looking at it. you're like, don't even think about it. <laughs> These cars, they got little flags on them. You know what that means? And if you don't, we'll be happy to show you. <laughs> you ever talk to a cop about that? No, so talk about it. No. They get really, they get really serious about it. I have a friend who's a cop. Should we call him and ask him? Yeah, it should be like, hey, uh, has anyone ever asked you if they can cut in the line uh, at a funeral procession? I kind of want to call him. And how ask do you talk him to this. them? Uh, you should call them and say, "This is really stupid, but I accidentally cut in a, a line of a funeral procession." And uh, then I, I went right home, and now there's two cop cars outside my house, and they're just sitting there. And I don't know if they're, like, waiting for me to come out or what, but they're just here. What are my rights? <laughs> Read me my Miranda rights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can, can you just arrest me over the phone so I don't have to deal with these guys? They, they seem like they mean business. <laughs> That'd be very funny. One of them has a nightstick. <laughs> I think that that's that'd be a good prank to play on a cop for sure. That's a, that's a don't play pranks on cops. I would say, uh, yeah, probably probably not. really dangerous. Yeah, I think if there's a list of people that you don't want to play pranks on, cops are near the top. Cops, I mean, they say that like dentists is a depressing job because no one wants to see you. And I know there's like the rivalry between cops and firemen because uh, firefighters. I'm sorry. Because cops resent that people are happy to see firefighters. Yes. And bullshit to see cops. Mm-hmm. Correct. My friend that I was just talking about uh, was like, I, I need. I should have became a firefighter. Mm. Because people like seeing them. That's it. Yeah. Dangerous job, though. Yeah. I mean, so, Crazy is, be- so hours. is being a cop. Crazy hours. You go out on a call... It's like 36 hours later. See ya. Yeah, famously, arson doesn't stick to a day, a nine to five. Yo, yeah, it, but it does not. So, like, co- firefighter is definitely a dangerous job. Uh, cop this is, is def- the episode where we break down what the differences are between firefighters Correct. and cops. We're going to name scenarios and say, do you need a cop or do you need a firefighter? That's right. Uh, house fire. Who started it? That's a good question. I mean, mm. if, it's an ar- if it's an arson, you definitely need a cop. Uh, I feel like still the firefighters show up and then they call the cops. Correct. Um, no, like and you're like, oh, you're going to call the cops. You know, they don't even like you. <laughs> Both are dangerous jobs, but at least, you know, you can at least you got like some sort of idea what to expect with a fire. A cop, you're dealing with people and people are more unpredictable than fire as you learn from the walking dead it's not the zombies that's right it's the people and that's what even in this week's the last, last of, us. of us they say hey 
I'm worried about the uh, the little mushroom boys. Yep. I'm worried about the people. Pretty good, The Last of Us. Not the best. It was. It felt like a filler, uh, not a filler episode, but like a bridge episode. Yeah. And this week coming up on Friday this week, by the way, because Bro. of the Super Bowl, they're pushing it up to Friday. Uh, felt like a little bit of a, a bridge episode, but a good bridge episode. And now I'm extremely excited for this week's. Yeah. Friday's going to be a big day. We got <laughs> The Last of Us. And uh, as usual, we have uh, Your Honor. Uh, knock at the cabin. A nice family goes on a little trip, staying at a cabin. Then a bunch of creeps show up and say, someone has to die. They say someone has to sacrifice themselves to prevent the apocalypse. Who makes such a sick movie? That's the uh, synopsis. Okay. M. Night Shyamalan, to answer your question. M. Night Shyamalan's directed by, uh, and uh, it's his first movie since 2021's Old. It's based on the 2018 novel, The Cabin at the End of the World by Paul G. Tremblay. 68 on Rotten Tomatoes with a 65 audience score. As can often be the case with Shyamalan movies, I was very much looking forward to this, loved the trailer, and then was heavily disappointed. I wasn't heavily disappointed. I thought that it was, I would say, generally fine. Um, It was a very interesting premise that was not executed to the best of its ability. And I think that that is the uh, the M. Night Shyamalan staple for the most part. Or yes. Modern Shyamalan. So we're saying the same thing in different words. You see the trailer. You see the premise. You're like, give it to me. There's four people. They're talking about the apocalypse. These the four horsemen. What's going on? I'm going to be left to wonder so much stuff. And they're like, no, no, you're not going to be left to wonder anything. We are just going to. That's exactly it. <laughs> we are we are going to just spoon. For, the, the last, what, third of this movie was so bad and so poorly done because i ended up talking to people who read the book and the book is revered people love the book they say it was excellent also a better title the cabin at the end of the world is way better than knock at the cabin yeah for real but well, i don't know you got danny batista doing the old that was way more aggressive than that for a guy who wants to be like very polite mm-hmm. and like takes extraordinary caution to doesn't make know sure his own that- strength though that is true, but he it sounded like he he uh he really hammered that door. So, it's two parents, make contain spoilers, and uh their daughter Wen, and Wen is what 7 8 years old, something like that. I would say younger. Okay. And right, she's playing with terrariums. Mhm. That's a thing you grow out of as soon as you hit like 6. Yeah, and then you see like a dog. <laughs> yeah, like, right. Wow. <laughs> That's way better than Eight fucking grasshoppers, grasshopper. yeah. loser. So uh, they're on a little trip. The, these four people come. They say it's the apocalypse. Uh, we need uh, one of you to sacrifice your, yourselves, and that will stop the apocalypse. And one by one, they, as time is running out, they sacrifice themselves to try to buy a little more time. And in the book... I don't think that that's what they do. I think they sacrifice. I had to look it up. Rip. Why are they doing that? Yes, that, that's that's buying them more time. I thought that it's it was... an offering to the the gods of like, hey, look, we're giving you. All right, look, now we're gonna give you uh, Rupert Grint. Give us like, give us like eight more hours. Okay, that's interesting because I I interpreted that they're they're suicides. Or I guess it's not suicide, but they're like voluntary sacrifice uh, as a way to show that they're not lying about the plagues that they're unleashing because they say like we're uh, 
if like I die, I'm going to unleash a plague. Yeah. And so I thought that that was a way to showcase to the uh, the couple and their daughter that like, hey, this thing's for real. But then why wouldn't they just not die? Well, and avoid that. But that's what I'm. But that's what I'm saying. Like, if, if it's inevitable and it's coming anyway, and they can showcase that, like, hey, we are not lying. This is this message that we're bringing you is true. Then, like, then they can convince them. So that's how I interpret it. Interesting. Well, they in the in the book, one of them goes to the car and gets a gun, and in the struggle in the book shoots and kills when wow the kid dies in the book and the four goofballs determine that doesn't count it doesn't count because you have to make the decision yeah yeah you didn't choose to do that that was uh way more interesting and then there's two of them left and in this one the kid obviously lives which is fine i was pro when (laughs) but you know which person from like 12 minutes into the movie is going to be sacrificed. And the one thing you yeah, it was very want is to wonder, was this for real? Because so much of the movie is, are they for real? Is it not for real? They're turning on the news, but this thing was pre-taped, blah, blah. The show was already on, all this stuff. And uh, in like the last third of the movie, they're so heavy-handed in telling you, this is for real. And then once the person who sacrifices themselves is sacrificed, it all stops. And you're like, what am I, one year old? Yeah. So that that's like essentially where my biggest disappointment came from was um, the way that they executed telling the story about how this was all happening, I thought was very lame and very distracting. Like the news coverage stuff was so distracting and how fake and like non-authentic it was. And I don't know if that was perhaps a choice, a directorial choice to like make you wonder if it was staged like you know how that's like the 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 the, how they bring up like oh yeah yeah, it was pre-recorded blah 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 like i don't i i I, it was distracting how not true it it looked in its presentation so that that really kind of took me out of it and i think that you're right like where this movie could have found its biggest strength is making it making the viewer wonder like hey are these guys like legit or not did it work right like make like putting yourselves in the shoes of uh like the captives essentially and having to make that choice and making it extremely difficult to decide you gotta i feel like you gotta leave that open-ended until the very last second where they make the decision so that like you as a as a viewer are struggling with the decision yourself what do you give it on Letterboxed. I would say so. I typically like give it a range where like I'm in the two and a half to three range right Same. now. I have it at three. I think there's an opportunity for it to drop down to two and a half. Like because this this discussion that we're having right now is making me question things. I came hard. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, in in you're right. Like it. Call me Dave, uh, Danny Batista, Dave Batista. There's Dave Batista. Dave. You're really making me question things. Okay. Uh, there, there's um, there's there's ways that this movie could have been so much more interesting and so much more devastating, and it just felt like a very safe approach to telling this story, and a very like 
nonsensical way of telling it as well. I give it uh, two and a half stars on Letterboxd. Better or worse than old? Uh, I think that it's... I think that it's worse than old. I agree. Um, old... Old gang, what up? Old was not a not a great movie. Correct. But it was interesting and like it's at least it had like a reveal mm-hmm. that was I would say was disappointing but it was some sort of reveal. This one really kind of painted the picture the entire way. It took like no it took no big swings. Yeah. There was I, I was waiting for a twist. I was waiting for a reveal and it maybe was M. Night Shyamalan just doesn't want to be like the twist guy. I yeah, so I think that he could have been like, "You expect me to do something here, so I'm going to do the opposite." But you should ultimately serve, especially when it's a, an adaptation. You should serve the material as best you can, especially so, if the if the if the the original material is taking big swings. I can understand taking a, a source material. And and not wanting to take a big swing with it because that puts you in a position to be like, hey, you ruined this right. this original source material and you didn't you weren't true to it. But if the source material is taking the big swing and like given a lot more of an interesting story and you dull it down, that sucks. That's dumb. Like that's on you. I think uh, one of the biggest takeaways from this movie is that Boston is really having a cinematic moment. Boston continues. That's true. Rupert it, Grint's character is from Medford, Massachusetts. Rupert Grint is from Medford, which is the uh, hometown of the Dunkin' Donuts location where Ben Affleck shot that Super Bowl commercial that we should be seeing this week. And this follows, of course, Anya Taylor-Joy's uh, character in the menu being from Brockton, Massachusetts. Yep. So... Two actors that I did not think would play people from Boston. They are high on the list of people I would not expect to play people from Boston. That being Rupert said, Grint was a more convincing correct. Bostonian. They like were like, "All right, you're going to be Bill, Bill Burr." <laughs> yeah, yeah. They were like, "Hey, you're going to be a uh, like a surly, angry Bostonian." No matter what you're wearing, you're just wearing a sweatshirt. Yes, yeah. Like you could be wearing a suit, but you're just going to seem like a guy who wears a lot of sweatshirts. If anybody saw Anya Taylor Joy in in the Massachusetts area, they'd be like, "Who is that person? She's she, not from here." She did here. not have Boston posture. <laughs> no, she was just too great. Yes. Um, what did you think of Dave Batista in this movie? Because Dave Batista is having himself a moment, and yeah. people are like, "Is Dave Batista a, a, for real as an actor?" Uh, I did shoot my wad a bit on Twitter about this movie, and I said that the one strong positive takeaway is that Batista's an actor and a good one. Yes, I agree. I yeah. think like he was good in this. I I trusted him steering uh, that group's ship in this movie. You know, I think I thought that acting was a bit distracting in this movie, particularly from the captives. I didn't think that any of those people were particularly great and it was a little distracting, but Dave Batista and I guess like that whole crew, they were pretty good. All right. I have, I have one last note I'd like to make on this episode of uh, the, the brunch podcast presented by, by washed media. They're based out of Austin, Texas, by the way. There's a real sneaky move happening these days 
with the premium services and channels, HBO, Stars, etc. They say that they are commercial free, ad free. All of their things now, and this has been going on for a few years, I just didn't notice it till now. They all have like pre-rolls of advertising for themselves. So you still have to wait when you watch Say you're on all the kids these days are going on HBO Max to watch what the menu. When they 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 don't just jump right into the menu, they have to see a thing about how Succession's coming back. Which pumped about that, by the way. You seen these uh, Succession ads? I am. It looks great. Looks great. It's a great show. But uh, I ask you, what's the deal? What do you think's uh, mm-hmm. What do you think's happening there? I don't have a problem with that. It's a little trickery, no? No, I don't have a problem with it because I want to know that kind of stuff. Like, if I'm subscribing to HBO Max, I want to know what's on HBO Max because guess what? I have HBO Max and I like to watch things and those aren't commercials for things outside of HBO Max. So I'm totally cool with it. And, like, if you watch HBO, which famously does not have... Uh, like the the channel HBO doesn't have commercials during its programming, but it does have the pre roll stuff. So you're getting yeah. exactly what you get from the TV offering. I don't have a problem with like self promotion. Okay, you know what I was watching the other day on Stars with the Z. If you look it up, Stars. I'm assuming it was a movie. I was watching a movie. Yeah, the new Batman movie. Uh, that was the new Transformers. Oh, okay. No, I was uh, watching. Uh, you've seen Rounders? Uh, years ago. They talk too much about poker in that movie. It's a movie about poker. It's a movie about poker, but like every line is about poker. Yeah, because it's a movie about poker. But he gets dumped. Matt Damon's may contain spoilers. He gets his girlfriend leaves him because he won't stop playing poker. Mm-hmm. And Edward Norton says, "Well, it's just like they say in the poker game of life, women." are the rake. They're the fucking rake. And Matt Damon's like, the fuck, man? No one says that. What's <laughs> what's your problem? Every line is about poker. The only person who doesn't talk about poker the whole time is uh, is John Malkovich's character. And the only thing oh, he's, he's supposed to do on, is like, play crazy poker. monologues. Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. You, he, uh, he eats Oreos. Oh, you 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 don't remember this? No, he he has a box of Oreos. This may contain spoilers, and uh, he has a box of Oreos. And Matt Damon realizes during uh, they're playing heads up that his tell is he eats the Oreo when he's got it. That so, like, seems like an extremely that's, like, the, obvious the tell. Worst yeah. tell in the world. <laughs> so he'll he'll take the cookie, he'll open it, and he'll listen to it opening, and that's a nice little thing. Mm-hmm. But then, if he goes to the mouth, he's got good good cards. Interesting. Martin Landau's in that movie. They should update that movie and have him eat the most Oreo Oreo. Have you seen that thing? Yes. It's just the one big Oreo with the gigantic st- like stuffing. Dude, shit! I'm going to. Uh, I've been. I've been teaching myself uh, After Effects, which is just. A wild thing. I've I've shown Pete some uh, some samples of like. I'm very excited for your foray into into After Effects. Yeah, like hey, you know you can do this. It's like and hey, you're like I don't think you're supposed to do that. Like hey, you know you know Photoshop and the things you can do with that. What if you could just open that up to anything in video? Yeah, <laughs> like, and I'll t- I'm I'm never gonna get into uh, famous last words. I don't want to get into like deep fake stuff. I think that's that's just cheating. It's creepy. Yeah, but 
You can do some fun things <laughs> with After Effects. So I, I will take After Effects and uh, put... I'll, I'll, I'll put a gigantic, the, the most, gigantic Oreo. most Oreo thing. Do that. That's going to be my uh, it's gonna be my Wednesday. Uh, if anyone wants to give me a job or something, uh, that, that can prevent me from doing that. Otherwise, I'm going to After Effects... The giant Oreo. Please subscribe to the Patreon. Otherwise, DJ is just going to spend his entire life just making dumb After Effects thing. Give him money to let him have a life. Patreon.com slash listen to brunch. YouTube.com slash brave Dave Bean. And uh, don't forget, on on, uh, Sunday, it's the Super Bowl. So be sure to, to check that out. Talk to you later.